You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. The best part of the hunting season is finally here. We've waited for this all year long. Now let's make it count with some great gear from our partners. First up, Tacticam is our title sponsor, and their point-of-view cameras are my go-to method for filming my hunts. Their new 6.0 camera has added a 1-inch LCD touchscreen that has totally changed the game for me. Its lightweight design, weatherproof housing, and one-touch operation really simplify the self-filming process and make sure that I have high-quality footage to share with my family and friends. My personal favorite for archery season is two 6.0 cameras, one on a stabilizer mount on my bow and one on a bendy clamp mount for an over-the-shoulder angle. And I pair this with a Tacticam remote so I can turn both cameras on with the push of a single button. To learn more or pick up your 6.0 today, head over to Tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. Now as the temps begin to drop, I know I'll be hunting in comfort with my Huntworth camo. Huntworth is making high-quality, technical hunting clothing at a fraction of the price of other brands. This time of year, I'm making sure to layer smart. I start with a set of base layers, either the Casper or the Bangor, which I have found to be very comfortable and moisture-wicking. Next, I'll have on either my Elkins midweight top and bottom or my Saskatoon heavyweight top and bottom. Either way, I'm also going to be bringing my Saskatoon vest. And because the hunting often gets better when the weather turns nasty this time of year, the Winstead rain suit lives in my hickory pack all the time. And I can honestly say that this is the best rain suit that I have ever used. You can learn more or grab your Huntworth gear today at HuntworthGear.com. And finally, the Onyx Hunt app is an absolutely indispensable tool for me this time of year. If I'm not in the action, I'm going to be making a move to go find it. And the Onyx Hunt app helps me identify those terrain features that I want to key in on with their latest aerial imagery additions. The app now has fully functional 3D on both iOS and Android, low-resolution satellite images updated every two weeks with historic lookback, and leaf-off imagery, all in addition to the base maps that you've always had in the app. Get more out of your maps this season and know where you stand with the Onyx Hunt app. Now let's get into this week's show. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, which is brought to you by Tacticam. This is your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State. I'm your host, Josh Raley. We've got our co-host, Mr. Pierce Nellis on the line. Pierce, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. The rut is uh, quickly approaching. Dude, pumped. dude, it is October 30th when we're recording this, and we intentionally pushed this episode. We had gotten like a couple weeks ahead mm-hmm. uh, on episodes, but we intentionally kind of stopped recording because we wanted this information, what we're talking about right now, to be super, super timely and to like get updates on the hunts and that kind of thing. You had a hunt that you went on, uh, or a couple of hunts that we're going to get into here in just a second, but... Dude, my cameras just turned on last night. Like, mm-hmm. it has been crickets. You went in there and hung some cameras for me. And the first deer on camera was a good buck, really good buck, probably a two-year-old, but a stupid two-year-old, like 125, 130-plus-inch two-year-old. Just dumb. Yeah. Um, he's got the frame to get real big. He's got the frame to get real big, but he was that one-year-old from last year. 
Mm-hmm. And as a one-year-old, he was probably pushing 100 inches. Like, he was probably 85, 90 inches as a one-year-old. Yeah. And so it's like, man, what a what a shame that dude lives on public because <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him. He could be very well managed. Dude, he could be very, very well managed. And he may make it. I mean, there's giants out there all the time, like, on this piece of public. But, um, yeah, I hope he keeps living, man. That, what an awesome deer. But, anyway, got one good deer. Cameras then were quiet after that basically a whole lot of nothing got a hunter on there sneaking through um again not encouraging dude had some nice gear though i did notice that he's got a predator <laughs> platform from tethered and a couple other things um but last night cameras just went off what about yours yeah i saw a pretty good uptick in uh camera activity at least yesterday um, and then again, this morning, this morning, things really seem to switch on, um, you know, as the overnight temps continue to dip. Um, I, I think we had a little bit of precipitation last night too, uh, for my cameras at over in Dane County. And so, um, yeah, we've got, we've got some good precipitation scheduled for tonight into tomorrow. Hopefully when you guys are listening to this, it'll be snowing up by you, uh, if you're in that area of the state, um, Josh, you didn't panic at all when those cameras went quiet, did you? Are you kidding me, Pierce? Like, <laughs> I, I, you've got to be intentionally picking on me because, like, I literally was freaking out. Like, 100% ready to abandon the plan. This place is garbage. I need to find a new piece of public to hunt on. Uh, I better... Maybe I can call an outfitter last minute and get somebody to let me on their <laughs> one of their leases or something like an un, you know a, a semi guided hunt like I gotta go somewhere because this spot's not it absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely not panicked in the sense of like not panicked in the sense of like I'm worried and wringing my hands but like moving to like make the next decision like move on yeah you know yep. like all right what's this next this is a dead zone what's next right yep. this is dead I need to move on. And you told me just to chill out. And you were right. You were right. So I had four or five small bucks cruise through last mm-hmm. night. A bunch of does, or a couple of does at different times, like ran through kind of. And so I'm mm-hmm. guessing they were getting pushed around in the bedding and stuff throughout the night. Sure. Um, and two, I finally put it together. This place where I'm thinking about typically in, so last year was corn and it was really good on corn years not as good on bean years on this side um the other side's really good when it's beans this side's not so much um it's beans this year and that i'm guessing it was harvested when you went in right or did you see the field i believe so yeah okay so i think it's done dude like i I think it's just those travel corridors just aren't hot right now Mm. because they're primarily (laughs) rut corridors we don't have bucks cruising from one doe bedding area to one doe bedding area necessarily just yet right you know they're just starting to or whatever Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that these cameras wouldn't be popping off right now unless there's something to get the deer up and moving through there it's kind of my thought process yeah yeah totally makes um, sense and it's it's so thick in there too that i mean they've got a million places that they could be you know if they are getting pressured by hunters getting in there in the early season they've got so much opportunity to just go sit somewhere else because there, there's and that was the thing that you know you and i were talking about when i went in to go and uh hang those cameras for you is that there's there's so many spots that are just covered in deer sign that there's <laughs> no way in hell you could hunt them there's right absolutely no way. you could maybe ground hunt it but i mean right. even then you're yeah, like it's not 
quite thick enough down there for you to be able to, you know, reliably ground hunt. And the canopy is so freaking tight. And a lot of those trunks are so small that you couldn't get up in a tree if you tried to. So it, it's a really weird, um, just kind of a thicket that, I mean, they've, the deer have the advantage in that, in that scenario for sure. So it's, it's definitely a property that seems to lay out, uh, you know, well for the rut. Um, yeah. You know, when you've got bucks just hopping between all of that. Yep. Yeah. And that's where, you know, I, I think, um, part of my plan that has shifted and it's kind of been this all along, but I want to get back into the thick of some of that away from the timber and more mm-hmm. into kind of the marshy territory and maybe even just spend a morning or an evening glassing. Um, yeah. I might spend my first evening doing that actually, if the wind cooperates and, and will let me mm-hmm. do it. Getting back into just, I sent you, did I send you a pin the other day of the really secluded spot. It's like way like it is, it is literally the yeah. furthest corner of the public that you can get to. Yep. Yep. And you know, it, it, it's secluded and mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, good luck seeing, seeing through it all. But you're right. I mean, but if, you know, if you got a buck cruising through there, you'll catch glimpses of him. Right. You know well, what I mean? And, and from the, the standpoint of, cause that, that's a slightly more elevated position as well. So if you're hoping to maybe see a buck get up out of his bed, if he's bedded out in that marsh, I think that could be a really, really good spot. For it, it could be a really good spot, dude. And there are a couple of other, so I, I've been looking at that spot on the, on, on, on X here. And there are a couple of features that combine that make me think that could be money back in there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it, it may be ditches, it may be creeks, it may be swamps. Who knows what it is? But let me tell you right now, Pierce. I think, I think, uh, I think it's going to be good. I think there's got to be some sort of a deer really, really enjoying itself back there. There's an animal in there. There's an yeah. animal in there. And actually, so there's an ag field right near that corner. Remember, yeah. I told you I filmed two good ones last year, almost getting a fight in an ag field, and then yeah. one of them finally yeah. worked off with the does. Mm-hmm. That ag field is the ag field i filmed those deer in okay so there's a good one back in there last year yeah like, definitely like real good like like as big as the one i shot if not bigger so no kid yeah anyway do you think he's do you think he's down in that marsh do you think he's just hang, hanging out there all day oh yeah dude there's so if you go back in there there's so much bedding mm-hmm. like it's just nasty thick and i've hunted in there like i've hunted in there early season quite a bit trying to catch them coming back out of the ag into the marsh and um it's it's like so thick during the early season you don't stand a chance of getting in there with any kind of quiet right like you're you're making lots and lots and lots of noise to get in right you know right Um, how how do you go like what's your mindset what's your strategy when you're going into a um, you know, sort of a marshy kind of a wetland type area. What, how, how are you breaking that down? Cause man, I've been busting my hump the last couple of weeks on, uh, this patch of public, um, over along the Wisconsin. That's basically, it's normally islands, but everything's because it, we were in such a drought this year. Everything is, uh, pretty much all the water's gone out of it. So you can walk between islands super easily. And a lot of the cattails grew up, um, real tall and there's a lot of deer sign out there um right but man i am just like scratching my head on how to just break it down to the point where i mean the last two times three times i've been out there i think i've just been running around kind of just skirting all the edge of the islands just looking for 
okay, where are the main access points for these deer? Where is the most sign? And then I'm going to kind of connect the dots from there. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's exactly it, man. It is, it is where are they getting onto the mainland? Because mm-hmm. you can hunt those cattails, man. And there are people that do it. And I've seen people, you know, go out and they'll like walk a shooting lane into the cattails and then, you know, kind of go sit in the shoot, like sit at an angle to this lane that they've created and, you know, trying to shoot a single deer trail. But that's such low odd. That's such a low odds game. Uh, I think, I think you get to where they're first touching dry land, basically. Or first mm-hmm. touching, you know, the mainland of the island. You know, once they're up yeah. out of the cattails or whatever. But dude, coves and points have been really good for me. And and again, it's that's just where they're accessing. You know, mm-hmm. I've found actually I've found quite a bit. And you you look at all the Dan Infault stuff, and he hunts a lot of those points where deer like to bet off the points. I have found like for me personally, I find more deer bedded in like the coves than on the points if a co if that makes sense so like where the Mm -hmm. where the cattails jut up into the island maybe yeah and there's like a little bay of cattails almost Mm -hmm. that's where Mm -hmm. i've seen more deer bedded and so you know it's interesting to say that that's when i saw the majority of the beds at least um, oh okay uh, on these islands as well was in those in the i guess yeah for lack of a better term in those coves yeah um on the island not in the cattails but on the island just barely in there right right and so you know i don't i guess in my area or the area that i hunt in wisconsin they just use them a little different than than where dan's Mm -hmm. at but um yeah i've had a lot more success targeting that or um I don't want to get too too specific. You've got you've been to you've been to the place now, so like you know, if I get too specific about it, like that's a unique spot. It is like yeah. there's not a lot of places like it. So if I get too specific about it, people are going to be like, "Ha ha!" I know exactly mm-hmm. where you're at. Um, but there are there's a diversity in cover in the marsh, and around those pockets of diversity, there's a specific kind of plant that the deer just seem to hug. They seem to cling to it. Um, and it's common for this area. So it's, it's actually common in a lot of spots, but that red osier dogwood, um, mm-hmm. do they just hug all around it? Um, and it seems to grow in like, I don't know for the, but for this marsh, it seems to be growing where like it's wet, but it's not too yep. wet. It's like not too right. wet to bed there. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's definitely wet all kind around. Of dead it. brush and stuff that they can lay on it and right. still stay semi dry, but right. underneath it is yeah. Right, right. And so, um, anyway, I find a lot of that. So if I can find like a cove, maybe it's a bigger cove, but with like mm-hmm. a couple of like islands of that stuff out in that cove, dude, sitting on that cove or that point and waiting for them to stand up out of that junk. It's a good good way to do it. But recipe for disaster. Yeah, but dude, I I have literally been. It might have been you, dude. So two years ago, I was out scouting a piece, and I got a phone call, and I can't remember if it was you or my buddy Ryan. But I answered the phone. And I'm like in deer bedding, like I'm like holy, like I'm in, standing in deer beds, you know, in red mm-hmm. osier dogwood down in this bottom. Not this is on a piece of private. Um. And I answer the phone. I'm standing there. I'm looking around, looking around for a long time. And then I hear my my phone starts ringing. So I answer it. And when I answer it, a deer gets up like eight feet from me <laughs> and walk and walks off. Did not give a rip that I was there because mm-hmm. it felt so secure in that stuff. Because yeah. it just creates this little like 
I don't know, man. Well, Nasty. And tone. that's the coolest thing too, that I've, I've experienced at least about this more wetland um, environment, I guess, is that, you know, cause I had a very similar thing. My first time walking these islands, I found a really, really thick patch of bedding, just kind of in some willows. And I walked past this patch three or four times. Like I was taking pictures of rubs. I think I was like, you know, sending them to you and stuff, dropping on X pens and stuff. And like, kind of retracing my steps and looking around. And then it wasn't until I got probably, I don't know, 50 yards past it that all of a sudden the brush kind of like exploded and this deer ran out. I never got eyes on it, whether or not it was a buck or a doe, but like, right. I mean, I was within 10 feet of that thing multiple right. times while I was there. And I probably should have had my head up a little bit more than uh, down to my phone, but <laughs> Hey, it happens, man. It happens. Uh, it was a research mission. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Man, dude, I can't wait. I'm so stuck right I know, now, man. Uh, so, <laughs> it's all right. just such a different game too compared to like the hill country. Like it's a totally different mindset. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm dude. literally like, I'm not chasing elevation. I'm not chasing like, okay, how's my wind blowing? Cause like, can I blow it off of a point? I can blow it off a point of an island, but I'm not going to blow it like, you know, over the top of a deer, you know what I mean? Like right. at this point on, on these, in these wetlands, it's just so flat, obviously, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, but dude, it's so deery, man. Like, and mm-hmm. I, and I have people that are like, Hey man, if you're going up to Wisconsin, like, why would you go there? Why wouldn't you go to Southwest Wisconsin? Like there's bigger deer, you know, you've got some topography that really pinches down how these deer are moving. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at some of the public out there, man, it's like, Oh, okay. I, tell you right now what these deer are doing like right. they can't do anything else it's they're not going to climb that you know mm-hmm. uh not if they're trying to travel efficiently or any anyway um but dude these wetlands have just got me man like that's just i don't know i just feel deery and i feel like i'm down in there in it with them you know like yeah. i i literally feel in the game every time i get down in there totally yeah. So. And it, it almost, I don't want to say it's more of a puzzle, but like it, it almost feels like it's a little bit more of a puzzle trying to figure out, okay, like there's all these spots that it, they could be. Right. How exactly are they moving through all of this? Right. Right. And I think that there's, there is a sense in which there are some wetland pieces that just, they're not feature rich enough. Mm-hmm. And so they're just an absolute enigma. Like, like who knows yeah. which bedding pocket of red osier dogwood or whatever they're betting around but when it comes to this spot and others like it that i like to hunt um there are enough other features that tip the hand tip the deer's hand a little bit or mm-hmm. at least make their movement a little more predictable than it would be otherwise if that makes yeah. sense yeah so, definitely uh dude let's jump into it man we are i leave tomorrow yeah, I leave I tomorrow night. To say, are you packed yet, dude? No, but holy cow! Back behind me, I've got a cleaner than it was earlier this morning. Basement, <laughs> uh, so that's a that's a bonus. I've got a deer cart. I can see my sticks and platform and backpack and saddle and all my junk's right there. As soon as we get off the phone here, I'm going to, um, or as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to pack up the soundboard, all my podcasting gear. Um, might even see if you'll let me call you like Halloween night on the way up and just record yeah. another podcast. Just, you know, absolutely embrace the drive a little bit. So, cause I'm going to be, <laughs> um, we're going to trick or treat man, and then I'm getting in the car and I'm going to drive yeah. through, through the night. So, 
uh, it will not only be an opportunity to podcast, but it will be an opportunity for me to not run off the road and die. Um, you know, cause you'll be on the phone with me to keep me awake. So absolutely 2am. We'll book it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If we got to go that late just for your sake. Um, but yeah, so I hope to be there midday, Wednesday, mid morning, Wednesday morning, maybe would actually be really nice. Get in there and do some scouting and man, I'm really fighting this thing right now, and I want your guidance on it. It is tempting at this point to say, I know two or three good rut spots. Mm-hmm. I could jump in there and throw a couple sits at it just to see what's going on. Like, that feels easy to me. Jump in there. All right, got a good win for this one. I'm just going to get in there and see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I did that a little bit last year. It almost cost me um, a little bit. There's also a part of me, though, that's like, no, when you get there, just just blast it. Just blast the whole place, cover the whole thing as much as you, po- you know, as much as reasonable. I mean, you've been right. out there. It'd take you days to cover the whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah. like, you know, cover it as much as, as is reasonable. Find the area you want to be and hone in. What do you think, man? Like, should I should I get there and just have a good hunt? Like, have a hunt where I just hang and kind of break the ice? Because this is my first hunt of the year. I don't have right. any other any other hangs in me right now. Right. I, man, that's a tough call. Cause there's part of me that wants to be like, yeah, get in there, go to a tried and true spot and, you know, just, you know, get a good sit in, knock the rust off and uh, get warmed up, see a few deer and, you know, have fun. And then after that, start kind of hopping around. But at the same time, I, I definitely see the, the benefit of, getting in there, going to that corner of the property you'd mentioned and just having a total scout mission um, that first evening. You know, obviously, if you can combine the two, I don't know if that's a a spot where, you know, it's worth getting up in a tree and setting up off of a trail kind of, you know, near where all that stuff converges and, you know, just, you know, have the bow with you, but more than anything, the binos are in hand. Um, yeah. You know, just kind of watching for stuff. I, so, so I sat that high spot, uh, for mm-hmm. turkeys two, yep. two years ago mm-hmm. and I had 15 or so deer come up out of that marsh and work okay. their way into that ag field near that yeah. corner. I would give it a sit then. Um, so I know they're betting out in there and I know they're not mm-hmm. betting far and right. I think I know how to get in there without bumping them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anybody else is going to put in the work to get back in there, to be honest with you. Cause it's a, right. it's a beast to get back yeah. in there. Like it's the kind of territory where like you're walking and you're fine. And the next thing you know, the mud is up to your knees and oh, then, God. and then you're fine again. <laughs> and you're like, what was the difference? Yeah. I don't know. Nobody knows. It's just, that's where, <laughs> that's where the deep mud is. Like you'll just never know. Right. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm bringing hip waders to get back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I- I mean, if there's deer back there, man, and there's good bedding nearby, I think yeah. it's definitely worth, um, you know, because worst comes to worst. I mean, I, I know that that's quite a ways from where your cameras are at. So worst comes to worst, you find out that, okay, you know, maybe there's, you know, I, I saw a bunch of does and I figured out, okay, this is how they're accessing that ag field in the evening. Um, you know, best case scenario, maybe you see that target buck that we're after, um, off in the distance. Maybe you catch another buck that you don't even know is there. Um, 
cruising through and just, you know, checking out that dough bedding and all that. Yeah. I, Maybe I just blast I one on the first we... afternoon, man. Just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that when I was hunting on Saturday. I'm like, what if Josh comes up, drives 15 hours, and then hangs in a tree and shoots one the first night and then just packs up and turns around? And goes... <laughs> Dude, no, it would be, first of all, it'd be like, hey, Pierce, can I come hang with you for a bit? Mm-hmm. And then it would be, all right, Pierce, you got yours or you're done hunting. Now I'm headed for Illinois. Yeah. Or, or Southeast Minnesota. Yeah. That's up there on the list too. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear it gets a lot of pressure though, but so I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know, man. I, I think um, night one, I still think going and scout. Go in and scout. Get the observation sit, see some deer, whether they're near or far, get eyes on them, and then right. plan in the morning. Because you know those spots are there. You know those spots are good during the rut. Um, My other spots? Yeah. 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 And, and I know that they turn on a little later. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, the thing. Exactly. I know they turn on November 5th, 6th, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah. Not necessarily November 1 or 2. Right. Um, I mean, I've, I right. killed a deer in one of them on November 2nd, but um, the better activity comes a few days later. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think, man, if you – because you've said that before, that this this whole property seems to switch on about a week later than what I normally see, which is usually right. – I mean, really, today we're recording on the 30th through, you know, the 5th or so, and obviously it stays good through there. There's bucks run around, but you, usually we start seeing the best – pre-rut into rut activity this coming week um you know and then after that you know whether it be lockdown or whatever you want to call it uh there it's just less consistent um all throughout everything's just kind of it it almost like the lid gets taken off so far that it's like really hard to get any sort of pattern ability back right um right. and then it's just kind of a crapshoot from there which you know is for some guys, a lot of fun for us on a little five acre parcel kind of sucks. So <laughs> right, yeah, it's really just a roll of the dice. But I, I think if yeah. you're, if you know that those spots switch on later in, you know, in, in the week or into next week, I think use these first couple of days, um, that first evening at least to scout some new stuff, get eyes on a couple of deer, maybe check out something you, you know, you've had in the back of your mind, you kind of wondered about, but, uh, you know, because, I mean, one, you're, you're probably going to see deer, and two, I mean, you'd hope not, but, like, you know, you might end up seeing hunters as well. So if you're staying out there and then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, dusk hits and then you start seeing the headlamps pop on and you yeah. see guys walk, you're like, okay, just, somebody was in here, somebody was in here, somebody was down there. Dude, that's a really um, good point. That's a really I good think that point. might just help you strategize a little bit. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but this there are two spots way back in there I'm thinking about, and both of them would give me the opportunity to be like, Oh, there they all are. You know, like I would, mm-hmm. I would literally see every hunt. Cause you can see all the hunter access. I mean, it's right. A, right. Unless you go the direction in that I'm going in and which, mm-hmm. you know, that's just straight through the junk, but I can yeah. see all the main roads and main trails from that. Yep. You know, they're 800 yards away across the marsh, but yeah, uh, I can, you can see, see them. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. That's what I'm going to do then, man. Uh, the spots are going to be there no matter what. They will. They will. Just wait it, wait it out to get yep. there. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, all right. So, I said that that's going to be my very first sit of the year. You, however, my good friend, 
mm-hmm. have a couple sits in. And I do, yeah. You partially got pumped, and you partially got your teeth kicked in. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to hear it all. <laughs> yeah, I. So I mean, I, I've probably I haven't counted them, but I think I'm probably at you know maybe five sits on the year, six sits on the year. Um, like actual sits, like going in, getting in a tree and sitting. Um, like I said, I've been doing some scouting the last couple of weeks on some public that I, uh, you know, I'm trying to explore and just kind of have in the back pocket if the wind isn't looking good for um, the private, you know, my folks property that I've got, uh, you know, plans to hunt. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got that last sit in, in, I mean, I think it was, October 7th or something when I got that doe and I've, I haven't touched it since I haven't gone on the, onto that private. Um, it's a good move by the way. Since. It's a good move yeah. getting that deer out on October 7th. And I think you yep. see it hasn't hurt you. No, not at all. I, I like that was honestly, that was like the best possible, like, like that could not have gone better. The deer right. didn't run back into bedding. It ran towards bedding. Didn't make it actually in there. It was with a group of, well, it was a group of four. I shot one of the larger does. Um, and the other three, like they all just like I shot the doe that was in the back. It just happened to work out that way. She was quartering way. It worked out really nicely. 22 yard shot smacked her. Um, and, you know, it, it made me kind of wonder, too, if. Having a. Fixed blade. And I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but having a fixed blade that doesn't, you know, crack open and like yeah. smack when it hits right um having a fixed blade that's that's you know wicked sharp hits hard and zips through a deer um it makes me wonder if it if it reduces that sort of like i don't know if i want to call it the shock value i guess of the of the mechanical because it doesn't make that smack when it hits the deer um you know instead it more so just zips kind of you know zips through it hopefully right um but I mean, yeah. she, I, I don't think she ran 70 yards and she didn't know what the heck happened. Like she knew something was wrong, obviously, but she took off. The other three were taken off in front of her. She kind of veered off to the right and crashed. And the other three sort of basically did a big circle. They ended up walking right. I mean, with, within 15 yards of my, uh, my stand going back the way they came, they just did a big loop. And then there's three instead of four, but, um, Man. Okay. It makes me makes me wonder if just from a yeah, yeah, not knowing what hit him literally, right? Um, and you're shooting if, you're shooting the Montex, yeah, right? G five Montex. So you're not yeah, shooting yeah, just, you're not shooting like a two blade or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bigger cut, um, like inch and an eighth, blade. inch yeah. and a quarter, maybe. It's not it's not huge. No, no I just, just I just mean like I mean you can buy them at. I just mean when I anywhere. when I hear about the when I hear about people saying like it's less of an impact on the deer, like their reaction, I hear people saying that about the two blade, you know, like the, the super sharp two blades, you know, it's just mm-hmm. a little sliver that it cuts though, really. But yeah. as I think about what you're saying, it, it makes sense. It'd be the same for, for some Montex, but um, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But here's uh here's what I'm shooting. This yeah. bad looking freak show of a thing. And I've got a pack of Montex that are going with me that mm-hmm. I'm going to hand deliver to you. Cause you All can right, have them. Uh, but I like the Montex. They're <laughs> good. 
I just, I'm and not, I'm not going to resharpen them, man. That's just, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on them too. Cause like, I know you had some trouble getting them sharp. Um, yeah. It I took me a long time to get them sharp because they've got their own bevel and then trying to, I, I was just running over sandpaper and right. it did take some time to kind of chew those things down and set that new edge. Right. Um, once I got it though, I mean, it's, I've had zero issues. Yeah. Um, so you know, we'll see. Yeah. And uh, you know, for, for my bow, those things fly great. I know you had trouble getting those things to tune well as well. Well, so. but, but here's the thing when I had trouble with those not flying well, um, and I just went back to the mechanicals. Like this year, I realized my bow is just out of whack. Like mm-hmm. my the the guy who tuned it last did not do a good job. Right. And so they tuned it this year. I I tuned it. I I stood there and watched the guy tune it. Like we did right. we did it together. And he showed me everything that was incorrect. He's like, you see how this is set? This is wrong. You see how this is set? This is wrong. Um, the top hat spacers on a Matthews bow are mm-hmm. that's kind of how they do their tuning. They had different levels of spacers on the top and on the reverse side on the bottom. So my cams weren't even like correct with each other. Yeah. So everything was off. Yeah. Everything was off. Everything. So he took all that off. He straightened everything out, got the spacing correct. Then he was like, now look at this. Your timing's off on your, uh, which he had had shown me that before. My timing was off on my drop away rest. So he fixed Mm -hmm. that. Um, just all, all kinds of stuff that right. we ended up straightening out. Now it doesn't matter what I shoot out of it. So I've actually got two different kinds of arrows. I've got some method archery. Um, what are the HMRs? And then I've got, um, the black Eagle deep impact arrows and sure. they both fly like friggin' darts out of this thing. One just hits about six inches to the right of the other. Really? Why? I don't know, but they do. So I'm bringing them all, man. (laughs) No matter what head you've got on there? What's that? No matter what head you have on there. No matter what head I have on there. They shoot like in a perfect line with each other. Yeah. Straight up and down. Just like, so, and this is the weird part. So I'll put, I've got 100 grain heads on there that I'm shooting. Mm -hmm. Darts. Throw 150 grain head on there. Darts. 200 grain head on there. Darts. 250 grain head on there. They start to act a little weird. But. Anything from one to 200 grains, they don't care. Really? Yeah, the arrows are just like, we don't care. Huh. Like, I've, and shooting these, like, I hadn't, this is gonna, this may sound corny to some guys, but, man, I had my wife stand behind me in video in slow motion um, so I could see, like, how the arrow is leaving the bow. Yep. And there's, like, it takes no time for those things to correct. You know, you have to get to, like, bend to them and all. They're, yeah. they're corrected quickly and just downrange like a dart. Um, so yeah, I'm real thrilled. That's what you want. Just want to take a quick minute to let you know that the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast is brought to you by Tacticam, makers of the best point of view cameras on the market for hunters and anglers. They're on the cutting edge, making user-friendly cameras to help the everyday outdoorsman share your hunt with friends and loved ones. Their new 6.0 camera has a ton of upgraded features this year, but the one I'm most excited about is the new LCD touchscreen. In my mind, that is a total game changer. And one area Tacticam really shines is with their mounts and adapters that are made with the sportsman in mind. If you've tried to film your hunting and fishing excursions, you know just how frustrating it can be to try to get an action camera aimed just right or get it attached to your weapon or in a good spot for a second angle. Well, Tacticam makes all of that a breeze with their line of mounts and adapters. 
This fall, I'm going to be using their stabilizer mount on my bow with the 6.0 camera and their bendy clamp paired with the 5.0 wide camera for a second angle and to make sure I don't miss any of the action. To learn more and check out their full line of products, head over to their website, Tacticam.com, and share your hunt with Tacticam. All right, so anyway, you've had some sets. Sorry. Yeah, no. We digressed. I was just about to ask what your uh, arrow setup was. No, can't do it. Year. Can't do it, Pierce. We got to hear about your sets, man. We're, we'll never get back to it. We'll never get back. Um, yeah, so anyways, my, my sits, I had. I shot that doe. Um, you know, low impact, didn't spook anything. None of those four does even blew. Um after I shot the, the one, which was you know really nice. No, nothing had a clue. I, I haven't had a deer blow at me all year. Knock on wood. Here it comes. Um, Here it but, comes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that went really well. And then after that, I decided to lay off and then kind of started exploring some public, uh, found these islands. Um, you know, it was, hopping around um those things saw just a pile of deer sign out there um figured okay like i'll i found some scrapes that were open and active uh, and pretty much just got on one of the main trails and followed it through this chain of islands until i hit bedding which was covered in rubs and that was like i said you know i had that one jump up after i got 50 yards past it um <clears throat> so that's been definitely giving me a lot of grief all the while i've got um a rather large deer running around uh, over on the private that I'm going to be hunting uh, later this week. He's probably um, 120. Yeah. He's, he's probably 120. Yeah, around there. Maybe a, <laughs> maybe a hair more. But <laughs> He's a giant. He's a freaking yeah. giant. Dude, he's a stud. Yeah. And he happened to show up yesterday morning around 10 a.m., which was <sighs> – very nice. Uh, so, uh, with the, the with the same wind, was, what's that? With the same wind, same wind that it was yesterday. The, the same terrible, terrible it? wind for what? No. So this was a different wind than okay. what he's normally been showing. So traditionally, he's been. Or I guess for the last month, he's been showing up on a um, south wind, so south blowing north, right? Um, Really, you know, any slight variance off of south, as long as predominantly south, he's been happy on there, and he likes to go that way so we can check the bedding that's down uh, down the ridge from us. Now, yesterday we had a. Let me see here. It was a northwest wind. We've had that in the past couple of days, uh, north or northwest, and. I've hunted that before, but the issue with that is it blows all my scent up the hill out into this ag field, and they like to skirt the edge of that ag field uh, when they were going between bedding areas. And so pretty much you better hope that you can get a crack at that deer either before or after uh, he, you know, well, I guess either way before, uh, basically on right. either side of your scent cone. Right, um, right. There's a, a scrape near where I'm at um, that opens up late. Like it opened up like a week ago or something like that. And it's just a ground scrape. There's like a couple little honeysuckle branches that they seem to be uh, just kind of chewing on and stuff. But, okay. um, you know, for the most part, it's more of just a travel corridor. Um, it's a tighter trail than in what I've got, uh, you know, cut kind of around to our tree stands and stuff. And so it's, it's just a little bit more cover for them to get through. And so while I was um, hunting on... Saturday it was 
uh, I just, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to make a throw, um, at my, you know, at the property, just cause we had that massive cold front. Um, sorry, I'm stuttering here, guys. Uh, Josh's, <laughs> Josh's daughter decided to pay us a visit. Yeah. My bad guys. <laughs> my daughter is home from school today. She's not feeling super well. And, uh, she came down here to just check on things and make sure dad's doing okay. How you doing? Good. You doing all right? All right. You're going to head back upstairs. All right. Love you. All right. Yeah, I was wondering if that, that would be super Ra- distracting. Is that the first Rayleigh Child uh, cameo we've had? I think, yeah, it'll be the first official one. Uh, <laughs> now, there have been some others, but I usually edit them out. I'm going to leave that yeah. one in there because that was just cute. Yeah. That was just that cute. Was. Yeah, so, um, um, anyway. Yeah, so so I, I decided, you know, with this cold front, you know, worst comes to worst, deer are going to be moving on their feet. And I decided to throw a sit at it um, from, you know, a really just – a non-prime area and it was going to be more of an observation set just so I could see, you know, okay, I haven't been on this property since the seventh. I want to see how things are moving in the morning. Maybe see if I can get eyes on this target buck going back to bed because the past few days he'd been showing up um, on my neighbor's camera uh, right across the road from us. And so I've been, does your neighbor um, listen to this show? No. Okay. No, it's not to my knowledge, but (laughs) I feel like, Um, I feel like we should whisper about this. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> all right. But <laughs> um, so I I got set up there, um, kind of on a basically there's it's the way our property sets up. There's a creek bottom down the in the I guess north side of our property, the very bottom of it, and then it kind of has a flat meadow just off the creek bottom, and then it goes up the hill through a little strip of timber, and then up this little meadow, and then that meadow goes up into the timber and then the timber goes all the way up the ridge to the ridge top. And then up above the ridge or up above the timber, I should say is the ag field. And so it's, it's really good. Um, We just see a ton of action, you know, everything like crossing the Valley, cutting through our, you know, little corner and stuff um, or, you know, the surrounding area. And so I decided to set up uh, in the little strip of timber just off the creek. So I was about 60 yards from the water itself. Um, Got out there an hour before sunrise. Just wanted to make sure I was in there quiet and hopefully I could hear some, you know, grunting and running around and stuff like that. Um, I'm looking at a map of your property right now. So I'm trying to figure out exactly where you were. uh, South east, southwest corner. Southwest corner. Gotcha. I guess I sent you a pin to that. I got you. Um, and so I'm sitting in that little strip of timber and probably 20 minutes before first light, I start hearing some, you know, grunting and a little bit of bleeding and Ooh. hear some splashing. And then I realized Ooh. like, Oh shoot, they're like in the Creek right Ooh. next to me. And so, um, no kidding. It was, it was, uh, it was one of those like higher pitched grunts though. You know, you know how you can tell if Me. it's like a stud yeah. or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds like a pig. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I heard some of that and then, uh, you know, I heard some you know, walking around in the Creek and, and whatnot, um, actually heard one of them like gulping water, which was kind of good that awesome. before, but I like, could hear him drinking. Like it sounded like a dog drinking water down there, which is kind of cool. Now where um, they, where they were crossing or where you heard them down in the Creek, mm-hmm. is that normally where they cross or do they have a consistent crossing spot on that Creek? When I shot my buck last year, that is the crossing that he used. So it, it's worn down. Like that is definitely a crossing spot there. Um, it's kind of just above like a bend in the creek where it's still nice and shallow. It's about ankle deep if you're 
um, walking through with human legs, but, (laughs) um, yeah, kind of a steep bank on the opposite side of it. For the most part, it's, it's very secluded, um, pretty easy, easy walk in there. But when I shot my buck last year, he beelined straight for that spot and then didn't make it much further past it. But, uh, I watched this little spike jog around. Uh, I didn't see the does or anything, but I watched this little spike, um, run around. And then as daybreak hit, um, saw another kind of like a, maybe like a six pointer or something. He kind of came shooting down from the, um, the timber up, up above me and he scooted down, uh, to the, you know, he was south of me, probably a hundred yards. Um, but he kind of cut down through there into the Creek bottom down there. And then I saw a doe get shoved out by something, but I couldn't see what, what pushed her out, but she mm. came skirting out of there down towards the Creek bottom as well. Mm. Um, and then after you know, a couple hours there, it was probably eight, 45 ish. I was like, you know what? I'm going to move over to this other spot, which was a little risky. Um, it was right off this opposite. Um, basically the way our property sets up, there's kind of like a U shaped hollow, um, to the East of it, I guess, kind of Northeast. And my best wind, like I said, is when it's blowing out of the South so that I can sit up on our corner of the Ridge and have it blow off the top of it and then catch deer as they're working through our property across that ridge. So I set up on the opposite side of that, um, opposite side of the hollow, I should say, and kind of had it like the wind sort of blowing at this old uh, barn that we've got on our property. And it was swirling a little bit and doing some goofy stuff. And so I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to hopefully see something, but I, you know, we don't see deer out in the open typically uh, in this hollow, you know, hardly at all during the day. And so, um, I was set up there and it took me a little while. I was just getting set up and finally heard a couple of grunts that sounded a little bit deeper up on top of the ridge above me. And I know up there there's bedding. And so I could hear some of that. I heard a little bit of crashing around, but nothing too crazy. And then I looked over and I could see kind of on the, I guess in the bottom of the U or like the back of the hollow kind of, um, there was like, I saw a little patch of Brown move by between the trees and I heard some grunting more and more kind of back that way. So I got the binos up and I could see, you know, flashes of hide and stuff. And I, I just couldn't like pinpoint him. And finally I saw like a tail flicker and I was like, okay, that's exactly where he's at got the glass on him and then kind of watched as he worked his way through the trees, which was I mean, really hard to see him until finally he got an opening. And I realized he was a buck that I have never seen before. Um, who was very heavy and pretty darn wide. And it was kind of cool. His tines rather than going up, um, they kind of like laid out flat, super wide, um, almost kind of like a moose paddle. Which yeah. Was really sweet. And so he was in there, he was all bristled up. Um, I don't think he had a doe in there, but he was running around and kind of worked off. I grunted at him a couple of times cause he was just coming in burp, burp, burp as he was walking. Right. And nothing, you know, didn't get a response from him or anything. And then probably five minutes later, I see another patch of Brown kind of come scooting back the other way from where he came. And I thought, okay, maybe he's pushing a doe and she's, you know, hopefully going to run across this ridge right over to me. And I don't know if it was a doe or not, but I see this patch of brown 
and then I see another patch of brown, and then I hear just a freaking like shouting match of grunting. And it was definitely that old buck with the younger buck, the same kind of you know, that two toned uh, right. you know, grunting going on. And so I could hear just a couple, you know, little squeaks from that younger one. And then that old guy was just pissed. Like he was ready to murder that thing. He would, <laughs> I mean, he was running around. I, I'm sure you've had it where the, you hear a buck who's just really jacked up and he's grunting, but he's like, he's like shouting. Yeah. And so he was like back up in this hollow and it just echoed so nicely too. But he was just like, like just like going crazy after this thing, shoving this little buck around. And so I start grabbing my grunt tube and I'm like, screw it. Why not? If he's pissed (laughs) off, I'm going to try and piss him off. And so I start grunting at him and pretty much the same exact, you know, trying to get the same volume, same, uh, you know, kind of tone and all that, hoping that maybe he gets angry and wants to come investigate. So those two are grunting up the valley or up the hollow. I'm grunting where I'm at on that little knob. And then all of a sudden, probably, I mean, it sounded like it was within a hundred yards of me, just over the knob for me, I hear another one start grunting back at me. And so I'm, I'm fired up like, Oh man, I'm going to be like right in the middle of all of this. This is going to be sweet. And, uh, and it just went quiet. I, happened, so. <laughs> oh, dude, that was such, there was so much buildup in it for, like such a hard for letdown. Nothing. Yeah, for nothing. My Man. wind sucked. It was swirling. Like they, it's just not a spot that they would ever want to just like go to. Um, right. And so it was just, you know, it, it was, it was cool to see them fired up like that. And it was you know, definitely awesome to get the confirmation of like, okay, they are jacked up. They're getting super territorial. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to go in there and, you know, try and do something stupid on October. I think it was like what the 27th, 28th. On Saturday, yeah, twenty eighth. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow the five acres for a maybe shot at you know one of these deer that's just right. jacked up. And so, right. um, waited it out and then hopped down and you know went inside and I think it paid off because like I said yesterday morning, uh, I had pictures of that target buck rolling through there. So, um, it, it's been interesting i'm excited for this wednesday um so i'm hoping by the time you get up to wisconsin maybe you'll have to make a pit stop to uh you know come see this buck help you drag your buck out hopefully yeah exactly you know just you know stretch the legs a little bit um but we'll see i'm gonna i'm gonna try and block out wednesday and hopefully thursday uh, if I can, maybe Friday if need be, but the know the temps are going to be on the rise, but, but that, um, that's almost what where, you need though. Like for the mm-hmm. way the wind works for your spot, you yeah. need, you need a day that the temps are rising because that's yeah. the day that you're going to get the Southeast wind that you're looking for. Yep. You know? And that's I mean, true. we've talked about how you can make a North wind play on this, on this ground. And mm-hmm. I think, I think you can probably do it pretty effectively. Cause I think if you're set up between kind of, if you think about it, like, but, you're almost in a straight line from like where, you know, the bedding is and where that Creek crossing is like, that's not a bad spot to be. No, (laughs) you know what I mean? And and I know you want to be up on the Ridge because that's where, uh, that's where big boy has been showing up. But well, that Creek bottom is really, really good in the afternoon and evening typically because that's when they're starting to come out of that bedding they want to go down and get a drink and then they'll figure out where the does are at. They'll shove them around in the bottom. I mean, I, I can't, tell you how many times I've, you know, 
if I go up the night before and I pull in the driveway on, you know, November 3rd or November 4th, whatever it may be. And like, I'll, I'll have literally driven up the driveway, like from the road, we got like a quarter mile long driveway, but like, you know, driven up that driveway over the Creek and, you know, kind of weave back up to the house. I'll get out of the car and I'll hear nothing but crashing brush and grunting within mm. 50 yards of where I was just like, I can shine a flashlight down there and just have like, you know, four to six sets of eyes just looking back up at me. Like, you want to turn that off so we can get back to what we're doing here? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Can we get a little so, privacy over here? Right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, dude, I, I need something. you to, I need you to kill one, uh, or for me to kill. I, I would love to roll into town and bring you my deer cart wherever you are. Like I will have mm-hmm. the deer cart in the vehicle. I would love to just roll up and uh, I know if it's at your property, you don't necessarily need a deer cart, but this thing's never had a dead deer on it. So it'd be, a- <laughs> <laughs> we got a christen it. We'd do it just for fun. Uh, why are y'all carting yeah, yeah. that thing? Like you're, the car's right there. Away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steep as that hill That's, is. Oh, dude. Just hit your ride on I it. I was going to say, we just ride it down. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be an adventure. So, uh, well, dude, let's talk a little bit about, you know, man, we've, we've, we've been going for 50 minutes. Um, let's talk strategy, mindset, any new gear. Mm-hmm. What's going on with you this time of year? I, I'm confident one of us is going to kill pretty soon. Um, yeah. I think it's probably going to be you. Um, I'm probably going to mess up <laughs> on a, on an opportunity pretty soon. Um, so like, what's your, I guess we kind of know what your strategy is going to be, but do you have any, like what, what, where's your, where's your head at? I mean, we, we talked the other day about, um, the, the positive way that the blissful ignorance has impacted us this year, mm-hmm. me especially, yep. um, when it comes to not having cameras out. And then all of a sudden we yeah. put cameras out and I'm down in the dumps and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, the world was my oyster until I put these stupid cell cameras out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's messed I'm, with me a little. I'm kind of getting like, I've had moments this year where I'm like, I really wish I didn't have that cell camera out there. Right. Cause it's just like, you know, I, I don't, I mean, like you said, you have, a couple of dry days and all of a sudden you're just like, what the hell's going on? Like, yeah. there's no deer, like all the deer just got up and left this property. So I think keeping the mindset and like keeping it in, in the back of your mind that like this camera is very much only a part of the picture. Right. Like you said too, like the public that you're on is massive and you only have two cameras out there. Right. <laughs> Right. And they're not, even, they're not hard to access either. Like it's not, they're not back in like what right. I would consider like the best cover right. for late October or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. And so I'm, you know, I'm kind of of the same mindset where this year I've only got the one camera up there and it's on a secondary trail. It's not even on the main trail. Um, I had a regular SD card camera um, on the main trail up on that Ridge and I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it's the SD card that I'm using or what the hell happened, but the camera I pulled the card on Saturday when I was up there, nothing, like hmm. did not record anything, and so I was like, in the moment for about five minutes, I was like really pissed, and then afterwards I was like, you know, I don't need it because I've got 
I ended up got my neighbor sending me photos from his cell camera. So I'm like, okay, he's around. I know where he's at at least. Right. Um, but at the same time, like when I, when I went up there to pull that card right by that camera were some big old tracks. And so I'm like, okay, I know based on historical data, like, especially when it's dark, like whether it be in the, in the early morning or, you know, they, they like to cruise through kind of between like 10 PM and midnight typically. Right. Um, so like, I, you know, I, I know that they're using that. And so I, you know, based off of last year's photos, I think I was telling you, um, you know, I had photos on that SD camera that were of this, you know, this target buck from last year when he was, you know, still a freaking tank last year. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And I was like, dude, he's still only coming through on South wind. Like that's, that's clutch. It's huge to know. Um, but you know, I realized that I think between like October 24th and November 6th or something like that, like he was on there multiple times. I didn't have any of him in daylight. However, this year on that cell cam, I've got a bunch of him in daylight. I mean, right. Yes. Yeah, a bunch loosely, but I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying not to let trail cam Intel influence anything for me. Um, I'm trying to trust that, Hey, deer will move through this. Yeah. <laughs> I have not pressured this property too much. I've only hunted it on a good wind. Um, yeah, at least this prime spot, I've only hunted it on the, on a good wind. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm chomping at the bit to get out there, but I'm, it, it's almost making me feel fresher when I do go in there because I'm not so burnt out from like trying to like get by with, ah, this wind kind of sucks, but like, I really want to get in there. Like, what the heck? Like maybe we'll, we'll make it happen. Like it's, you know, October 26th and you know, I should, I should get up there. You know, I had, a, I had pictures of him yesterday. Like I should go up there and right. you know, throw a sit at it and all that. Like I'm, I'm just not, I'm not trying to force it this year. Yeah. I think now talk to me at the end of the week. <laughs> when I don't see anything. All of like, this okay, is subject like to change. Probably, I'll probably hit the panic button then. Right. Like, shit, man. Like I gotta, I gotta, you know, uh, you know, focus only on public now, or I need to just like rest the property until like right before gun. I don't know what's gonna happen, but yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm just really trying to focus on the wind and let that sort of dictate my hunts, um, as much as possible. I think yeah. I'm feeling good with my you know, shooting and gear set up and everything. The only new gear I've got this year is uh, I tweaked my back last week. And so I ordered a little back band for my saddle from uh, latitude that I'm pretty pumped to use. Cause there were days last year throwing full day sits and that thing that I was like, man, one of those would be nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm pretty pumped to use that. Um, hopefully my tags, filled before I really have to put the thing to use, but we'll see. Right. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, I'm, I'm shooting well, target panics under control. Just the whole shooting process as a whole feels really good. Um, now yesterday I thought I was shooting great. And then I, I literally started thinking about that buck. Like I pictured the trail camera mm. photo that I have from like two <laughs> weeks ago. And that whole next round of, I mean, it was, you know, three arrows, but like, like that next round, 
sucked and i was like shit oh. okay i got it. <laughs> a little bit of work I, left to do i gotta calm the nerves here a little bit a little bit but of work left to do that's all right in the moment i like to think i'll i'll hold my composure yeah. we'll see yeah yeah we'll see i realize this year man i'm being a real softy with the cold weather like i'm yeah just, uh, dude i don't know what the deal i used to like go out there and just like grid it out but like this year i've been very much like i'd rather be really warm and like then like my body feels like loose and everything. So when I grab my bow, I'm not like, you know, tense from shivering. And then I'm grabbing a 30 degree piece of metal and then trying to draw that thing back and doing a somewhat smooth fashion. So I'm uh, throwing a little more stock in into what I'm wearing this year and just, you know, throwing on the extra layer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that I'm, I'm comfy while I'm out there. I don't blame but, you on that, man. I don't blame you on that at all. I remember... Uh, a time last spring when I had just gotten back from Wisconsin, I was talking to you on the phone. I'm out on my back deck and I was like, you know what? This wool uh, underlayer that I have is garbage at this mm-hmm. point. I need to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, ah, no big deal. Well, we get to this fall and I'm like, I don't think I'll need it. I won't need a wool underlayer, right? And then I look at the temperatures that you guys are getting and I wussed out, man. And so I ended up buying a new wool underlayer um, because, full disclosure, I've got Huntworth base layers that are mm-hmm. really, really good, but they're, I've got their uh, their lighter weight base layers, yep. and then their heavier weight base layers I have, um, but I've only got the one, like the one set. And I don't know about sure. you, but I like to I like to keep those fresh and try to rotate through them. I don't. Oh, dude, I don't wash mine for the whole oh, season, dude. <laughs> I, I can do that with everything but the base layers, dude. I cannot do that with the base layers. So I've only got the one set. So I was like, all right. I need some new ones, and man, the guys from Huntworth sent me an email like three weeks ago, and they were like, hey, mm-hmm. do you need anything for cold weather hunting? Let us know now, or you won't have it in time. And I was like, ah, yeah, I should get back to them. And literally, like, Saturday night, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know, I never got back to them. So, uh, so I ended up going on Amazon, because where I live, Amazon two-day delivery for most people is mm-hmm. like next morning delivery for me. Like we live close to a very large city. And so literally if I order something right now, it's here at like 6am tomorrow morning. That's Um, huge. Yeah. It's crazy. But so I ended up ordering that and like three new sets of uh, wool socks, which is going to be fun. Cause like I said, I'm wearing uninsulated boots. Um, I, I have totally turned my back on insulated boots. I get that you need them at some times, but dude, I feel like for my feet, unless it's, unless it's in the teens, I don't need it. Yeah. You know, I, I, my feet just don't get that cold. Um, more of a gun season necessity. Right. Right. And I feel like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm honestly this year, I'm not afraid to just climb down and go move around if I'm too cold, mm-hmm. you know, like come up with a, with a solid game plan and be like, man, I think they're going to be coming from that way. So I'm going to go over there. Yeah. Um, you know, so I got a little bit of new gear. I got a new game cart. Um, I can't find my back band for my saddle. So that's a sad thing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, let's see. What else is new, man? Got the Grim Reaper Broadheads rocking this year. Oh, I got these sick rattling antlers that I just made. Yeah. Dude, I, I don't know what it is, but I have been a non-calling dude like mm-hmm. for the last couple of years. That guy rattled in a buck like right up the hill from me last year. Yeah, and I had right, to right. I listened to him rattle and then and I'm like, oh my gosh, he just got one. And then I shot my buck like five minutes later, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But 
I've been watching videos of people like rattling and grunting in bucks, like in marshes and stuff, like getting down there in the nasty with them. Yeah. Dude, I'm just fired up to try to go rattle something in. So uh, these bad boys are going to go with me this year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. You know, we were, we were talking about that. How you know, do you think it's because it's in such thick, brushy, gnarly terrain um, that you're hunting in that wetland? Like, are they more receptive to calling or you know or rattling or anything like that um yeah. because they don't have the visual confirmation kind of like you right. know, turkeys in uh you know out west versus around here or you know midwest they'll gobble like crazy and yeah they'll strut on their way in but out west they're a lot quieter but they'll put on a full show um right you know, from whatever hilltop they're on exactly. so it makes one of the deer doing the same thing exactly well and i think it's a lot more realistic too like mm-hmm. It's normal to hear antlers rattling from behind those bushes over there. It's not normal mm-hmm. to hear antlers rattling from 30 feet up in that oak tree. Right. You know, that the guys that the right. guy is sitting in. So I think a lot of it just goes into realism. You know, you're rattling it down kind of in where they're at as opposed right. to something that's not very, um, very realistic. But um, how high are you setting up typically? Not high, man. I mm-hmm. am, I am first cover on the trip. Okay. First cover. Um, well, best, best, first best cover. How's that? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, once I get to where I feel like I've got sufficient backdrop and sufficient, you know, if I want anything in front of me, which I typically do, um, I don't need to be very high. Probably, I mean, sure. three three sticks with no aiders. Now, mm-hmm. I do have some aiders coming with me this year. I've got a one-step aider and then a five-step aider. Um, if I use the five-step aider, the, the bottom step of it is on the ground. Okay, like I, I don't, sure. I don't use a ton of it, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, I'm not dangling that thing. Um, and then I'll just put that on my bottom stick just to get a couple extra feet. But most of the spots where I hunt, I don't need to get that high. I mean, 15 sure. feet, 14 feet. In fact, when I did a practice climb the other day in my yard, I uh, tied a knot in my pull-up rope so that I can measure about how high I am with, you know, oh, three, nice. three sticks in a platform. Just to get an idea. Because people always mm-hmm. ask me that. They're like, how high are you hunting? like, three sticks, <laughs> you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever that equals for you. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, that, that's pretty much where I'm at. But, but dude, mindset, man, I am very, uh, I don't know, dude, I'm still kind of confident. Mm-hmm. I, I've lost confidence in those areas where the cameras are until today when for some reason they just turned on last night, which is wild, right. you know, to go from one buck a day or maybe, you know, zero to uh, maybe a spike in a day to, Oh, there were five bucks on there last night. It's like, Oh, okay. Something, right. something happened, you know? Um, and that's how that spot was last year. You know, a bunch of little bucks running through it. Um, but I'm still confident. I'm confident and excited to get in there and figure something out. And I almost just want to kill something in a different spot anyway. Like mm-hmm. I, I almost don't want it to happen again in that sure. same spot. Now, if my options are it happens in that spot or it doesn't happen, yeah, I'll take it happening in that spot right. again. But if it's if the only other option is it not happening, then uh, or if 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 it'll happen somewhere else, I'm I'm happy to to make that happen. But um, dude, I think there's one more topic we don't have time to discuss it today. I think we should record it for the for the How to Hunt Deer podcast though. Um, yeah, and this is a topic we talked we talked a little bit about it before. But it's the power of multi-day sits, or not multi-day yeah. sits, the power of multiple days to hunt. Um, this is where the weekend warrior is 
really shortchanged because he can get in there, figure stuff out. By that time, it's Sunday afternoon. He's got to go back to work Monday morning. He gets back out there Saturday morning, and he's hunting seven-day-old sign. Yep. You know, or um, the sign could be totally, I mean, totally dried up, as in, like, it's not just seven-day-old sign that's kind of on the downhill, but, like, it's just gone. You know, like maybe the the tracks are washed out or whatever. So, um, but I think, I think I'm going to have to save that because we've been going for an hour and five minutes now and I'm about to have to go pick up my kids from school too. So my my other two that aren't home today. Um, so yeah, but man, anything we need to leave people with, um, my thing is this dude, get in the woods. Like when you're listening to this, go get in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, if you see me in a parking lot, come say hi. Like, don't just walk past me and go into the trees because I don't, I don't want to hunt where you're hunting. If you're out there hunting with other people and you run into other people, just go say hello. Tell them where you're planning on going, especially if you were there first. Like, feel free to just say, hey, I'm planning on going over here. Just to let you know. Uh, or if they were there first, let them have their pick. Like, just yeah. be cool. Uh, don't be a jerk. Hunt a lot. Sit all day. And sit in the rain. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got. I like it. Yeah, I'm... Uh... Think here. I think my only caveat to that would be if the conditions aren't right for your best spot, do not go in your best spot. Wait it out. Don't rely on the rut to just like crack things open so far that you know deer are going to do something stupid. We all know that they do some you know some stupid stuff, right? But you know, placing your bet on them screwing up and them doing something stupid. I mean, a, a lot has to fall into place. That doe has to run right past you and be in such a hurry to get pat, you know, away from that buck, um, you know, that she doesn't pay attention to wind you, or maybe she does, but she just doesn't freak out and blow. Like, you know, so much needs to fall right into place. Yeah. Whereas if you're just hunting the right conditions for that spot, right. Your odds of success, like you're not you're, right. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing things right. You're not relying on things to hopefully fall in, into your uh, into your lap. There, you, you and I were texting last week about uh, maybe it was two weeks ago when I asked you like, what percentage of deer hunting do you think is actually just yeah. luck? Yeah. Like, yeah. do you think like if, if you were to do everything right, the conditions are right, you're you know set up where you need to be off this uh, stand or whatever? What percentage of like if you did everything perfect, how much of it still comes down to well? the deer did or didn't walk past my stand. And I think we just, we, what did we decide? Like 35% luck. I think we were somewhere in that range, but, but here's what I was going to say when you were talking a second ago, when it comes to this, this rut stuff, like we're waiting for them to mess up. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's the rut deer will mess up. You can be in the wrong spot with the wrong conditions and still get one, but deer mess up more often in areas that they're already hanging out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're more likely to yeah. mess up in better spots. You know, they, they mess up more often. Uh, if you're and by mess up, I mean, you don't, you don't get busted or whatever. Right. You know, they, they hang around, they, they slow down enough for you to get a shot. They do that mm-hmm. stuff more often when you're in the right spot, right? right. They're going to do it less, yeah. o- less often on the edge of this ag field in the morning. Like that's, that's the probably the exact example I was just thinking. <laughs> Is <yeah>. it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they will come um, down, they will come down the corner or the, the edge of that ag field in the morning. Yeah. Absolutely. They will during the rut mm-hmm. once, twice, maybe. 
But if you're back there in that interior edge, they'll mess up and walk down that thing five or six times. Yep. You know, maybe even twice in a day, twice in a morning. Right. And so and I think your odds of getting busted in those spots too are so much less. Cause I mean, we've all seen it when those deer working that field edge, like, you know, yes, deer relate to edge, you know, edges and stuff like that. But like when it's on the edge of an ag field or the edge of a meadow where they are like out in the open, like deer don't like being out in the open. Right. When they are cruising there, they're on high alert. Cagey looking for something to, you know, something off, something that, you know, they're like, okay, I don't like being out in the open here, but I'm trying to get to that interior, you know, little bit there with, um, you know, where there's cover and I can kind of relax and then focus on what I'm focused on this time of year. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, cool, man. Well, I hey, go I, kill uh, something, folks. yeah, go kill something, go get in the woods. Don't sit field edges. Uh, no, I, it's it's cool. Actually, do <laughs> especially if you're hunting public in Wisconsin. Like, go hunt field edges, and uh, you'll be all right. Yeah, that's bad advice. Yeah. That's real bad advice. <laughs> Anyways, evil. Yeah, Pierce, man, thanks for coming on and uh, doing this. I look forward to our next chat, and hopefully, you've hopefully got something in person. on the. Oh, dude, we should we got to do some in person. Yeah, we've got to do some in person. Oh, one more thing, new gear piece it guys if you're thinking about this and you're like hey for this rut i'd like to fill my hunts i got a lone wolf custom gear pocket arm game changer not gonna lie i'm not sponsored by them i paid full price for this thing i know nobody that works for the company but that arm is amazing and it's changed my life it took my uh my camera arm set up down from like 5.4 pounds to 1.4 pounds so totally different but. you said the setup of that thing is like stupid easy oh too, it's right? stupid easy compared to the other like so simple so so simple but anyway all right pierce gotta run man thanks for coming on the show folks thanks for listening we'll uh catch you next week that's all for this week's episode as always thank you so much for tuning in if you dig this show be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your podcasts while you're at it, if you could leave me a five-star review, I would very much appreciate that. You can also follow along with my outdoor adventures on Instagram at the Wisconsin Sportsman or at How to Hunt Deer. That's also the best way to get a hold of me. Suggest topics, guests, or questions that you'd like me to explore on the show. Big thanks to our partners, Tacticam, Huntworth, and Onyx. Please go support the brands that support this show. And if you're looking for more great outdoor content, check out thesportsmansempire.com where you'll find my other podcast, the How to Hunt Deer podcast, as well as a ton of other awesome outdoor podcasts. And until next time, make sure you make the time to get outside and enjoy the incredible natural resources that are ours as Wisconsin sportsmen.